0: We live. We live? We live. We're live. We're alive. Oh, oh, we're live. We're live. All
1: right. What's up, guys? This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. Woo! I'm your host, Dalton Locke, with Whitney Williamson. Hey. And David Overstreet. What's up, guys? What is up? Today, guys, we are uh, going to be switching it up, and Whitney's going to lead the show. Woo! <laughs>
2: First off, I really, yeah, David has become one of our favorite people. He's made a soundbite of my laugh. There's no return policy there. (laughs) (laughs) So anytime you guys hear that laugh, that's not, it is (laughs) me, but it's not really me. All right, guys, so we're going to do our favorite thing, and we're going to start off with our Facebook memories. Facebook memories. flip a coin you got a coin no (laughs) that's why. (laughs)
0: uh on this day four years ago i said bread finally a post that isn't political (laughs) (laughs) which is so funny because this is free wine and unleavened bread
1: (laughs) (laughs) and also because if whitney had been friends with you she definitely would have liked that post yeah, it's true. Because she was just talking about how she could live on bread alone.
2: Mm. Oh, but, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: But the Bible says man cannot live on bread alone.
2: I didn't say I would live on bread alone. I said that that would be my choice of food if I had to pick one thing to like physically eat
1: for the rest of your life and nothing else.
2: Well, you know, other than the word of God. Mm. Yeah. But not bread by, you know, just alone. But not bread alone. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> You gotta have sides. You gotta have main dishes. Can't just (laughs) by itself, you know. Yeah,
1: everything. You know, maybe a little bit of milk, but you should put down that milk because it's dinner time. Put down that milk. It's dinner time. Ooh, ooh. I don't really have much to share uh, from my Facebook memories, but I do have a meme again, and uh, it's that meme where this this blonde chick is like yelling at the cat at the dinner table. And it says, there were no cars in biblical times. And then the cat says, Bible says in Acts chapter 2, they were all in one accord. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Love it. (laughs) 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 Whitney, what you got for us? I have a few. Always.
2: Yeah. Uh, Apparently, six years ago, I was watching uh, 27 Dresses, and I shared a scene of Benny and the Jets. Mm. That's the first time I heard that song, and that's the reason i like that song actually
1: it.
0: that's a good song
1: it.
2: that seems like my favorite jazz. um two years ago i shared lust is a desire love is a decision and a discipline
1: Ooh. Ooh. sure does
0: line up well with our topic tonight
1: it does it does i was but... actually listening to a what do you call it a podcast show i guess it's not actually a podcast but a little sermon on love today nice and it just kind of fell on this day. I didn't like chick it. Chick it. I didn't choose it or pick it. Huh? Huh? Huh?
0: <laughs> There's no return policy there.
1: That's going to be a new word in the dictionary. A new definition for the word. Oh, yeah. Webster's Dictionary. Yeah.
2: All right, What's I a chick? A couple more for you guys. It what it you says, got? Don't let the ugly in others kill the beauty in you.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Such truth. Mm. Much
0: wisdom. Wisdom.
2: It says, many of us consult our feelings more than our faith. Opposition is opportunity. When life knocks... I shared like a picture of a frog laying on its back on a lily pad, but it says, when life knocks you down, roll over and look at the stars. It's pretty cheesy. The one that was my favorite that I posted and then I'm done is, the serpent did not tempt Adam and Eve to steal, to kill, to commit adultery. He simply t- tempted them to question God's word.
0: Mm. Hmm. Never thought I thought about draw. it that way. That's good. Yeah. Done. Mm. All
2: right, really cool. guys. Well, let's dive in. Um, tonight, we are going to be talking about... Dun-dun-dun. Drum roll, please. Put down that milk, it's dinner time. That's the
0: closest thing I've got on here to a drum roll. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Okay, guys. Just picture a drum roll right there. Okay? We're going to be talking about relationships.
0: Relationships. Good talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good talk. Good talk.
2: All right. Awesome. So... Um, Many of you guys listening, including us in the room, have had good relationships, bad relationships, and things in relationships that we know that we could have probably done better. Mm.
0: There's no return policy there. That's true.
2: Yeah, don't return to your ex. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I just imagine Whitney sending that to her ex when he like tries to get back with her. Just, mm-hmm. there's no return policy
0: yeah just that sound bite he's like why <laughs> did you send me an audio file to break up with me just <laughs> opens it there's no return policy there
2: okay yeah we we can get into all that good stuff too here in a minute i got a little story for you but... oh ooh. Ooh.
0: give me the deets oh not yet why did we just make the same sound <laughs> i don't know Ooh ooh. because <laughs> uh, well, hey. my story
2: is so exciting and two because you guys are like sister what? friends
0: sister yeah. friends sister friends yeah hey.
1: Are we sister friends or are we brother friends? Like, what does the phrase mean? (laughs) (laughs) I am confusion. I'm confusion.
2: Okay. So to start, I just wanted to um, ask you guys, you know, um, what, what your last relationship was like. Like a brief summary. Don't get into all the details. But what did you go into it not knowing that you wish you had known?
1: Um, Well, my last relationship, I really kind of jumped into it. Jumped into it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't really get to know her all that well before kind of sealing the deal, I guess. Um, So I definitely wish I would have waited and gotten to know her better as a person. So knowing her better, I wish I would have done that. Um, That's pretty, pretty much all I got. You asked a pretty specific question, so
2: yeah. All right, David, what's <laughs> up? What you got, my friend? Uh,
0: mine was ended about two years ago. We were together for about five years, so it was a very long one. I was eighteen when I first started dating her, so very young. Um, There's a lot of things I wish I had known, but I guess the chief among them would be make sure you have all the side, all the information. That you can possibly have. And trust your gut. Like, trust your gut. Trust the signs. Trust people who are in your life who care for you, who are trying to look out for you and tell you.
1: Trust the red flags.
0: Yeah, trust the red flags. So, okay. as much as an 18-year-old can trust them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Ooh.
0: <clears throat> what about you, Wit?
1: Yeah.
2: For me? Yeah. Yeah, for you. you can't just ask us That's and not just you. That's for you guys. No. Okay. Um, I relate to to both of you guys and honestly I think that is what happens with a lot of people and I notice it like in our parents generation our generation a lot of relationships that don't end up being what they need to be is because um, both people are not genuinely honest at the forefront about the direction they're heading or where they're currently at and like you guys said you don't always necessarily have all the info I think we get caught up in this excitement kind of thing and just to see if the opportunity is there I feel like A lot of times we go ahead and jump into it because we're like, oh, this opportunity's here right now. If I don't take it, what if I miss out? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm kind of rowing the other side of that boat with you guys. Um, My last official, official relationship where there was actually, you know, we were like, hey, we want to pursue this and had a title on it. it was, wow, uh. What, two years ago? When did we go on that beach trip, guys?
0: I'd say I'm not sure why you're looking at me. Um, it, no, that's about a year and a half ago. Yeah, a year and a half.
2: Okay, a year and a half ago.
0: That's still good,
1: though.
2: Some of the cautionary tape that I had put up was, I, would, I think this has happened two different times since that official relationship has ended, or like had ended, um, is I'll basically be dating somebody in the process of quote-unquote trying to get to know them. But if they ask to put a title on it, I have found that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready yet. But at the same time, I'm giving them my time, um, like light affection. You know what I mean? Like nothing serious or whatever. But just putting the title on it for some reason really pushes me back. Um, because at that point, I'm like, okay, if we're in a relationship, I want that to be aiming towards something. Yeah. So basically, I'm just kind of on the other side of the boat as you guys like... I, d- I really want to get to know a person better, and I'm trying to, I guess, figure out the best way to do that <clears> and to have more information and not just jump into something <sighs> that I'm not sure of.
0: Yeah. So um, can I ask you something? Absolutely. So when you first started your, your relationship with God, not started, but when you first started a real relationship with God, was it scary? With
2: God? I wouldn't say the only part that was really scary is I, I was scared to disappoint him, but I didn't think that he would be mad at me. I was just scared to, to still not make right decisions. Yeah. Like I wasn't really confident in how to do that. Yeah. I knew that I believed in him. I knew I loved him and I was excited about my relationship with him and I knew that he would change me and teach me and mold me and grow me. However, I was still scared to make mistakes, Yeah, especially in that that area of relationships
0: right so would you agree with me that entering into any new relationship requires a certain level of level of vulnerability yeah on your part um vulnerability is an interesting thing because you don't get hurt in a relationship if you weren't vulnerable and you don't feel good if you don't let yourself be vulnerable in a relationship either so it's like Vulnerability is almost necessary, in a way, to have relationships. Making yourself open to possibilities, open to new experiences, open to people. And I think that that, you know, obviously people aren't God. And when you're vulnerable to God, there's a different level of trust that you have there with Him. Um, But how can we translate that over to relationships and marriages and friendships like that becoming that vulnerable that we can be with god at times but not with other people
1: i would say that if you are pursuing a godly relationship with a god-fearing person then your trust isn't just in that person when you're getting to know them. Your trust is also in Jesus because Jesus is between you two. Right. Because Jesus is, so me talking to you, Jesus is in you. So I'm talking to you and Jesus. Right. And I'm trusting that you are obedient to Jesus because you say that you're a Christian. Mm -hmm. So it's not about, it's when you're a Christian and you're pursuing those godly things, it's almost... It's almost like you're still trusting God rather than you're trusting that person.
0: Yeah, and that's the point I was trying to make. Okay. Yeah, Um, because you can't really have one without the other. Yeah. Honestly, they go hand in hand. They're correlated. So, I don't know. Um, Do you ever think about that? About that whole concept of becoming vulnerable sometimes? With... I guess we're talking about romantics but here, but even like with friendships, we we'll, we can start there. Just like in order to get to really know somebody, you have to, you have to let them in. You have to give them a chance.
2: I feel like friendships are a little bit easier to navigate with that for me because it takes the, um, what's the word? The infatuation and just the, um, like super excitement kind of thing away from it. The attraction filter isn't there.
0: Right. Like, you know? Passionate. Yeah.
2: Passionate yes. love. So it's easier to see someone's heart and more so the mode of their heart and how they treat their other friends whenever that filter's not there and it's not putting on this persona of either what you want to see that you imagine them to be in your head Mm -hmm. so you only notice good things or the persona of who they act like they are if they like you. They're obviously going to show their best qualities up front. They're not going to – they might tell you about their worst but you don't really see the result of the worst qualities up front until you walk in it for a little bit. Yeah,
0: unless you stick around.
2: Um. here's the, the dangerous part for me and why it's hard for me to answer that question because a lot of relationships that I pursued were not within the church, mm-hmm. which honestly makes absolutely no sense. But when I first started walking with God, I didn't really know what unequally yoked was and what that meant. I just really had a heart for people and I love people and I'm like, man, they can come to God. And it's not that I like really, really wanted to change them, but I just, I, I believe that God could. But here's the thing, he wasn't going to do that just to benefit me. It would be, you know, for his glory and to have a relationship with him himself. So it was really hard for me to trust someone um, and be vulnerable with them, knowing that they don't have that relationship with Jesus, knowing that if we have an issue that they're not going to go to prayer about it or say we have a family one day, they're not going to stand in in the gap in prayer for us. So it, it was harder for me to have that trust or have that vulnerability.
0: Yeah, and see, my view, I think this is kind of where we differ. I I think that you don't have to be in the same exact walk with the person that you're with. I think it's strongly recommended, but I don't think that that's necessarily everything. Um, Because you don't know what they've been exposed to. You don't know where they've been. Um, you also are kind of assuming also that we're done growing, like you're done growing, but none of us are. And I think the thing you really should assess is, do they have a willingness, a strong enough willingness to continue to grow and change wherever they're at? And the next thing you have to assess is, are they working towards that or are they not?
2: Honestly, the answers to both of those in those relationships were no on both parts. Yeah. And at that point, and even now, I don't think I'm anywhere close to where I need to be. I think I'm on the way. Um, um, so I was having a conversation with um, one of my friends earlier this week about relationships and things of that nature. Um, and we we were sharing, you know, part of, you know, where we started with this and then where we're at now. And a huge part of my motive for wanting to pursue a relationship or feeling like I needed to be in one when I started this whole thing was my motive was I was really afraid to be alone for the rest of my life I was afraid to end up and by myself and not have a family and not have that best friend that I could just spend my life with and and you know fulfill God's plan with and so I was the motive there was I was really afraid to be alone and then the more that I talked with my friend the more that I was telling them, you know, I get counsel from my godly friends and they're like, you know what? Wait on God. Do not compromise his word. You'll not be sorry. Like my friends that are married and have good, healthy, godly relationships and marriages, they're they're telling me, you know what, you're and I'm only in my mid-20s, guys, but a lot of people that depending on where their life's at and their experience will tell you to go ahead and compromise or oh, you better be looking or you're not gonna have nobody. And while I don't think that you should hide under a rock I don't think that you should have to compromise either as far as that goes. You can be flexible with a person, but you shouldn't compromise the standard of what the word word says. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So should I be flexible and get to know people and be more vulnerable? Absolutely. But should I have to compromise God's will for my life to do that? No. Oh, yeah. Absolutely not. And so, um, but I was telling my friend my motive now is the reason I think that relationships kind of I'm still trying to get more comfortable with the idea of them even though I you know I want one is I'm more worried about settling with someone that I can't grow with and like because seeing the good in people is easy for me but if I don't purpose and seek God about this like and I don't want to stay stuck at this place either but I don't ever want to end up in a marriage with somebody that says they are at a certain place and then they're not and us not be able to grow closer to God in it.
1: Um, let me pull up a verse real quick. I didn't have it saved. Um, but while I'm looking that up, let me ask you, how can you tell if somebody is honest when they say that they are growing in their faith?
2: Well... I would say that you would know a tree by its fruit and Mm -hmm. that's in the word and you got to pay attention to the type of fruit that's in somebody's life, not the fruit that they have to point out to you or Mm -hmm. that they do point out to you, but what fruits in their life, what are they doing in their free time? Who do they spend their time with? What do they talk about? What are they passionate about? You know? And I think if you really pay close attention to, to their friends and, and how they handle being under pressure, if you get the opportunity to see them under pressure, I think that will say a lot about them. Yeah. Because you are who you hang out with, who you spend a majority of your time with, they're influencing you whether you know it or not, and how you respond under pressure. That's probably a glimpse of their worst that you're going to see. And so seeing a person in those two scenarios for me is really important.
1: Yeah. Um, I can't find the specific verse that I was thinking of. Uh, Oh, actually, just found it. Um, So in James chapter 2, verse 18... Uh, James has been talking about wisdom and, uh, whether faith saves you or whether works saves you. Um, the class that I've been in here lately over at New Vision, we've been going through James and coincidentally enough, I was going through James on my own personal time as well. Um, and we kind of went over this a bit. Um, but, uh, anyway the verse says but someone will say you have faith and I have works show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works you believe that God is one you do well even the demons believe and shudder um so exactly what you said by the fruit that the tree bears um anybody can say that they believe in Jesus anybody can say that they have faith uh James says even the demons believe um the, but if you want to know if somebody is true in their faith if they are honest about wanting to get closer to god wanting to grow and uh sanctify them and be sanctified then you look at the fruit of their works you you see you see their faith by the works they do in their life because somebody who is trying to pursue god pursuing righteousness seeking first the kingdom they aren't just going to sit idly by and let you know just life kind of happen. They're going to be pursuing God. They're going to be bettering themselves, growing, and you don't want to marry somebody until you've seen that kind of growth, until you've seen that fruit, um, that fruit grow. So, my advice to you would be, don't be scared of marrying somebody and ending up with somebody that is not trying to grow. Just be patient and wait and see if they grow before you Literally marry them.
2: Literally the third time. Holy Spirit, hallelujah. <laughs> third time I've heard that this week. Yeah. This week. Maybe fourth time in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My land. Okay, well... For anybody else that's been hearing the word patient, there you go. That's yeah. your answer.
0: Yeah. Being patient is important. Um, but the, another important thing to, to kind of note is, is if you seem as though there's a difference between having standards for yourself and being serious about those standards and appearing as untrusting or scared. And mm. I think a lot of people – I know I have picked up on that with girls that I've dated. Elaborate. Just, like, showing up for a date and then automatically knowing, like, this this girl isn't even giving me a chance. And so, like, when that happens.
2: But you're David. How can, what?
0: (laughs) 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 No, but, like, basically don't already have your mind made up about somebody. You know, just, like Dalton said, like, assess who they are how they do it it's like you can't have one without the other so you can't figure out a person if you don't spend time with them get to know them but you also have to have your heart open you have to trust god that he's going to make it clear to you and his wisdom is going to be in you when it comes to that to be that time to where you have to decide and i think that you're smart enough in your faith and i think i personally think you're strong enough in your faith to make that distinction because there are a lot of people that aren't but they're I don't know. I just like, you can just tell in somebody if they have good discretion in, in their decision making when it comes to that or not. And I think you do. And I think that you're really putting a lot of anxiety on it on yourself when you're, when you're talking about it. Because I know that you're, it's a big thing and it's, it's something that's going to be part of your life for a long time a marriage, you know. But
2: um,
0: it's so important that you, you understand that, that God's wisdom if you pray for it is going to be so pivotal in this decision and you just have to trust him and be patient again, like Dalton said.
2: Fifth time.
0: Yeah. But just, just trust. Like I said, trust your gut, trust what your gut says. And if, if there's red flags, be serious about those red flags, you know, like it's very hard in relationships to weigh emotions versus logic. And a lot of that passionate love at the beginning really kind of overshadows that and that's why that fades away and then what's left you know what's left the the things that you were worried about and that's something i had to learn is when all of that fades away what's left and now i feel like i have the discretion to see that like even though it's great now what down the line could be a problem and you know i I think like i said you have plenty of discretion in that area so i don't think you should
1: i don't think that goes to say that there should you shouldn't see any problems though because we're all human so there will be problems like we can't expect anybody to be perfect no Um, but i think at the at the core of that with with what you said what is left after all of that i think what should be left is that you see a relationship between that person and god a true relationship.
0: Yeah.
2: That's good. That's really good.
1: Yeah. I think at, at the core, that should be what attracts you to them. Mm-hmm. Because that that is what's going to keep you in a healthy marriage, is both of you pursuing God. Because I'll, I've had so many people explain it this way. If this person and this person are both pursuing God, then they're also pursuing each other.
0: Yeah. And a lot of the things that I've studied about it have really also been focused toward being a servant-minded person. This person cares more about the well-being of you than they do about the well-being of themselves. Mm -hmm. That is so important, finding someone who wants to be a servant but for the right reason, and they're doing it with a heart from God. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, and I'm glad that you specified for the right reason because there can be some quote-unquote servant-minded people but they're doing it so that they can feel loved yeah rather than to love that person and love god and honor yeah you know what he has for them
0: that kind of reminds me about like ruben's love which is like really the only known like scale we have for love um one of the qualities of that is need which is like I don't think I could ever make it without this without this partner in my life.
1: What what was the scale that you mentioned? Rubin's Love. I've never heard of that.
0: Yeah, it's Rubin's Scale. It's need, care, trust, and tolerance. Mm-hmm. So that first one was need. The second one was care. It's like I would do almost anything for X. Trust is I trust X with everything or I would trust X with almost anything. And then tolerance is like I would forgive X for pretty much anything. anything. Yeah. So... Yeah, you you definitely want to servant minded person, but you want to make sure that their motives are pure, and that they're and that goes back to kind of our insecurity episode about their their growth personally. So yeah,
1: got any more questions for us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I got questions of days. <laughs> um,
0: oh
2: my. Okay, so. What do you guys, what area are you still growing in and making those decisions yourself? I shared a little bit about mine. What would you guys say that yours is?
1: Uh, for me, I would say discernment. Um, I thought that I had gotten better about this, but at the like first notion of having a Christ-centered relationship, I just jumped into it um, without getting to know the person, without waiting to see if there were any red flags or um, if they were honest in their faith or all this stuff. I just kind of jumped into it because I was like, oh, they said something I like to hear, so let's just go for it. Um, so patience. <laughs> patience for me as well, uh, but also discernment. Uh, discerning, uh, whether, discerning my own actions, whether I am honoring God and how I'm acting because I don't think I honored God by jumping into that relationship i think i was being a bad steward of my time and of that person's time because ultimately i feel like i may have hindered their growth just a little bit by jumping into it because i didn't wait to see where they were with god and i feel like that information was vital and i kind of dropped the ball there so i would say patience and then also discernment for my own actions
0: yeah okay for me, I would say um, looking in the right places. I, I I think for a long time I haven't really been looking in the right places, and that comes back to my spiritual growth, and then like just being the man that I'm supposed to be first, and then putting that second. You know, and I think that for me, it's easy to put the whole relationship thing as far as like what society pushes you to do. You should be married by this, have kids by this. It's easy for me to push that away. And I need to work on just growing in myself and my faith. And I think that once that happens, that I need to put my trust in God for the woman to have her heart open to me at that point. And I guess just personal growth for me And looking in the right places, getting involved in community and church, and just being very intentional about that. Um, That's something that I really am trying to to work on and get better at.
2: Do you think you have pretty good discernment? I do. Do you think you follow it well? Yes. Okay. What's up, guys? Those are some really good answers. What about you? I shared mine.
1: Yeah, you did. You're right. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so do you guys feel like there's a specific time frame? Kind of. Like I know that it can differ depending on the person, but do you think there's a, a just a kind of like a specific time frame that you go by to help you that might benefit some of our listeners as far as like whenever you do side to pursue a relationship and you're in that talking period and you're excited? Do you guys exercise patience? Do you leave a certain, you know, well, I am excited, I could go ahead and put a title on it now? But actually, I think for the benefit of this, like I'm gonna wait. What do you guys have like a set time frame, or what do you guys kind of wait to see before you're ready to be like, hey, I'm gonna be in this.
1: Um, I don't think I've ever really set a specific amount of time. Um, granted, I haven't had much experience just waiting. Uh, there was one girl that I was talking to a few months back, um, I was just waiting to see kind of, you know, I was, I was, I was being good with my discernment and my patience in talking to her. um, And I was just waiting to see if I would see fruit in her life. So that's what I was waiting for. I was waiting to see if there was fruit. Um, But I mean, I think within at least a month or two, you don't see fruit then you should just go ahead and cut it off like you say it's not bare it's uh, if it's not bearing fruit cut it off cut it off
2: i don't think you'll ever forget that
1: no i never will um yeah i mean i don't think there is a specific time for anybody but if you are talking to somebody in that way and you don't see fruit within a reasonable amount of time then i would say just move on
2: yeah okay David what about you
0: I think that the time frame really depends on that person it depends on how much they show me and how long it takes to show me (laughs) because um, you just have to have someone that first of all has a real genuine good heart for God and that is going to weed out a lot of people (laughs) so but once you find that that's even in the church even in the church and that's when the real i guess discernment begins once that is a thing and you decide okay now now we're cooking with gas now we got a chance and then that's when you look for the things like the servant-minded the personality um just like do you do you mesh well together do you have common values that thing, that's huge for me, like, being funny. Like, that's just, all that comes secondary, um, and that's what?
2: Guys, I didn't even say anything. He could just, like, read my face, and that was the best poker face I got. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what poker face?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I was trying really hard to keep my composure, but what if they're more funny than you?
0: What if they're more funny what than me? What are you going to do? The yeah. more funnier they are, the better they're funnier than me, That that's, like, even better. David the more really, funnier they are. See?
2: that? Yeah, I'm from Woodbury. <laughs> if any of you guys don't know where that's at, don't go look it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing there. Including grammar. No, I'm kidding. I had a good English teacher. I just was like, mm, I'm overwriting papers. Yeah. Sorry to our English teacher. It wasn't listens. even you. It was David.
0: There's our- no return policy there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, David really prides himself in um being the comedian or being the funny friend. And I'm like, I might put him a couple notches down if he ends up with somebody funnier than him.
1: <laughs> but no, um, if I can bring up a conviction that I've had lately, um, just listening to David talk about, you know, all the stuff that you want to look for after finally, finally finding somebody that has that true, honest, like heart for God. It just, it sounds like so much work to me. Sounds <laughs> like I quit. <laughs> Honestly, two weeks, notice. but <laughs> But honestly, it's because here recently, like I see women that I'm that I'm attracted to their character, and I see how they're like their composure, how they're acting in church and stuff, and I see that, and I'm like, wow, that's really attractive. But then I'm convicted because I'm sitting there just thinking about what I would like for my own life, and I'm not sitting there thinking about the people who need to hear Jesus. I'm more concerned about what I want in my pleasures from my future than I am for somebody else's future and their eternity. I spend so much time thinking about a relationship that I would like. Yeah. Rather than, Mm -hmm. you know, seeking first the kingdom of God.
0: And that's sort of what I was alluding to earlier. That person, think about it. If you're that girl and you want a good Christian godly man, they're going to be hungry for that. And so if you guys are both going towards the same goal, which is a relationship with God, I think that in the end, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work itself out. The guys are going to find each other. It's not like you're going to have to – Like you, sh- you should be working on yourself. You should be working on your own relationship with God and not really fantasizing about, like, maybe they can make it better. Maybe, like, mm-hmm. what, what can my life be like with them? Instead, you should be thinking about like how can I improve their life how can they improve my life like how how can we how can we have teamwork like that's the thing that I always think about like how can we complement each other but I think about it more in terms of like how can I help her like how can I be a leader because that's our charge like we're the head of the house I mean that's there's a lot on us there's a lot we have to work on there's a lot we have to get in order before we think about that and I think you're absolutely right and that's sort of what I was alluding to earlier about that.
2: Sorry, I'm just like, yep. <laughs> a man that can lead, hallelujah. No, but on a real note, um I think that that what you said really hits home as far as you should both be so focused on God and you know, if you're meeting at the feet of Jesus, what better place?
0: Yeah. And that also just, man, that really kicks into gear about four years into a marriage. It really does. I mean, everything that I've studied about it indicates that four years into a marriage is when the majority of divorces happen four years into a marriage and two years into a marriage. Couples admit that they're not as physically attracted to their significant or other as they were when they were newlyweds two years. And what happens there? Like I know the the physical stuff is going to fade. But it just shows you that once marriage comes into play, there's it, there's so much damage control that has to be done and it's like where are your heart's at because you're going to be doing that damage control. You're going to be weathering storms together. And people think that once you're married you're on cloud 9 forever. Just went, no, here's it. You're on cloud nine, and you come down a little bit, and you come down a little bit, and then you got to hover. That's right? where you
2: hear the married people laugh, right? <laughs> as soon as you said, Oh, newlyweds think they're going to be on cloud nine forever, or yeah. people that are unmarried, and that's where all the married people are like, Ha, joke's on y'all.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and, and just adding all the extra stress into it, like the finances and the children. It's do you have companionate love with somebody? Is the person that's sitting next to you, is that your best friend? Is that someone that you're gonna look at and tell the truth all the time? Even when it's hard? I mean, this is someone that you're gonna have to tell bad news to, good news to. This is someone that you're gonna have fights with. like. But again, it all comes back to what is that common goal? Because if you have that common goal, it doesn't matter what the, the fight is, you can come back to that. Yeah. Um and it's just like I've been in tons of relationships where I just wonder, I'm like, Man, what would that argument would have been like if we would have prayed after it was over?
2: Or before it started.
0: Or before it started. No, I did plenty <laughs> of I did plenty of praying before it started. <laughs>
2: well,
1: praying together before it started, I think is what you said. Right, right. <laughs>
0: but I mean, how would you know it would start? <laughs> If you didn't well, like
1: like okay so if anybody has ever read uh, the peacemaker series by uh, ken ken Benicke, um like when you feel yourself starting that argument like when you're when your blood pressure is rising when it's when, already started at that point yes it's already started but you stop yourself you you hold yourself accountable to what you feel yourself doing you step away you calm down you pray then you come back, and you pray together, and then you talk it out. You don't sit there and fight.
0: Right, and that's another thing is people have different styles of um, how they resolve issues. There are some people who are the give me my space people, and there are the some people there are some people who are shower me people. And what I learned is there is a middle ground, and I am one of those give me space people. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And there's a wrong way to go about that. Um, I took way too much time away from my significant other and found that that didn't cool me down. It just made me more heated. Because I had, you would just dwell on what was I going I just on. dwell on it. Yeah. So instead, taking a short time away and then coming back, and the first thing you do, first thing you do when you see that person is you assure them that you care for them. Amen. You... It doesn't matter how mad you are at them. You want to tell them, "I love you, I care for you." But here are my concerns. Because I I came back to well, Uh, way too many arguments.
1: Hang hang on, hang on. So I I've been hearing this a lot lately from different people. Anything that comes before a but is instantly canceled by the time you say but. Okay. So if you say, I love you, I care for you, but this, then the I love you, I care for you is canceled out because, but this is what takes more importance.
2: Mm, I thought it was anything after the but.
1: Anything after the but comes, like, the but cancels out whatever comes before it. Does it cancel Mm -hmm. it out, though? I mean, think about the actual, like, use of the word.
0: I mean, I kind of see where you're coming from. But... I mean and me saying that doesn't take away the validity of me understanding what you're saying. Yeah, but I would I would
1: strongly suggest not saying I love you, I care for you, but So what would you say? I would say I love you, I care for you, let's talk this out. Let's
2: No, pick me. Pick me. Go for it. I would say I love you and I care for you. I think there are better ways that we could have approached this. Here's here's how I know that I could have done better. You know, what can I do to make this easier the next time that this situation, like, comes up? Yeah. So, there's no buts. Mm. Uh, Yeah. Well,
0: they always told me in school that even if you put a comma, it's still a but. It's just Um, a different form. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's a contraction. Not contraction. What is it?
2: Oh, my gosh. It's not a contraction. What is it? A compound sentence?
0: No, you're way off. (laughs) What are but and or or so? Listen, I told
2: y'all I'm from Woodbury. I don't know what David's excuse is.
0: Are they pre- they're not prepositions. I'm sorry. Anyways, uh,
1: if you haven't re- read Peacemaker, read Peacemaker. Because uh, it's completely, it's dealing with conflict. Oh, yeah. in mm-hmm. every type of relationship.
0: Yeah, and we, we talked about, I think on an earlier episode, about like I statements and stuff like that. And, yeah. And XYZ statements and uh, not wanting to like attack the person and just, you know. But again, it's just. I was listening to Joe Rogan uh, one of his older episodes. He was talking with a guy and the guy was talking about how he was uh, he had an experience where he was attacked by a grizzly bear. And he was sitting at the campsite or whatever and he said he he had his pistol within arm's reach from him. And when that bear came it was about 30 yards away and he had plenty of time to get the gun, but in that situation he didn't like it was so just random. And it was so intense that the stress level and the adrenaline, he didn't grab the gun. Yeah. He like ran away. Right. And so he was talking about how you can train so much for a situation and you can tell yourself, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. But when you're actually in a situation, sometimes your body just immediately just spits out something. And I, sometimes I think that's what happens with arguing. Like, I know that was for me. Like, I just. Would instantly just say what was on my mind. I wouldn't have that discipline. Even though I said before coming in, I'm going to have that discipline. I'm going to have that discipline. But, like, I guess having more reps in that situation really helped me understand, like, this is not the way. Like, seeing the results of that decision made me see that, like, okay, I got to, I really got to start being a listener instead of a talker.
1: Yeah. So. And- and, I mean, the fruit of the spirit is self-control, so I don't think that, you know, the body is going to take over every time once you've had practice. No. Like, it's a it's, it's sanctification thing. It's, it's a process of learning how to deal with conflict and stuff. Yeah. So. Um,
2: I think yeah. that also goes back within, um, we said it in a previous episode, but trying to understand instead of trying to be understood. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, having that servant heart and seeing how you can benefit that person. And that doesn't mean you should be not that doesn't mean that your needs should never get met and you should be allowing that person to, you know, walk over you for the people that out there that do have a servant heart and maybe, you know, that happens to you a lot. But it, it, it does mean that you look out for the benefit of others.
1: Yeah. And that just goes back to why it's so important to find somebody who has the same goal in mind because if you are seeking to understand rather than be understood, then they are, and they are also seeking to understand rather than be understood, then you're really you're going to work stuff out. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be one-sided. Yeah. Because if you're both seeking God, then you're both seeking to please God and please each other rather than rather than to be pleased.
0: Yeah. Let me get you guys' this opinion about something. Um what do you guys think about the whole um cost benefit analysis of a relationship like if you're not getting enough out of it then you really shouldn't be in it like i've heard people say and i i sort of agree with this like people base whether they want to be in a relationship whether they're getting basically getting their money's worth <laughs> or getting their time's worth out of a relationship um how do you guys feel about that if you're in a relationship and you put a lot in and you're not getting enough back is that is that a reason to leave or should you work or is that a sign that you need to work thing work on things um so whenever you and I have talked about this this has kind of been my conviction
1: mm-hmm. um i think it's fine when you are choosing a partner uh because you definitely want like that cost benefit type thing you definitely want somebody who is pursuing God that's a benefit so that's a benefit that you're looking for if they're not then that's a cost that you're looking for so I think it's fine when you are discerning between marrying somebody but once you are married wedlock in that wedlock then that cost benefit kind of has to go out the door Yeah. yeah because you
2: made a commitment
1: yeah you've made a commitment and God may call you to deal with certain things that you never imagined. Like yeah. maybe they become paralyzed. Yeah, and
0: it's, yeah, I, I agree, and that's where people go wrong in marriages is because they see something over here they want, and they say more co- or more benefits, more mm-hmm. benefits, and then that's why they trade up. So
1: I I, I I would say it's it's a good thing, and it's almost important to consider cost benefit when choosing a partner. But once you've made that commitment as in wedlock marriage
0: then you've got to throw it out the door yeah what do you think Whitney do you have any thoughts on that
2: a little bit so whenever you're choosing somebody and I see this a lot in posts when people are posting about their significant other and why they like them or why they love them and care about them etc they'll be like oh I love that so and so always puts me first and always does this for me and always and it's never about just the character of The person themselves, which I mean, yeah, that's nice. They do things for you. And that's a little bit of their character, but it's never just about the other person necessarily and how they treat others or who they are as an individual or what, you know what I mean? Like it's always, Oh, I love that they do this for me. And I'm like, if they didn't do anything for you, would you really love them? Yeah. Do you love their character enough? Like Dalton said, if something happened to them and they're not as fit or as in shape or any of those things as whenever you were
1: not able to provide,
2: or, yeah or if they're not able to provide or to work do you love do you love that person and their character enough that that you know what I mean like you're all in yeah. or is and, it and that comes down, just because there's benefit for you
1: and that comes down to the post that you brought up in your Facebook memories love is a decision it's not a feeling love causes feelings causes great feelings but love itself is not a feeling love is a decision absolutely
2: because yeah. some of the things um, whenever it talks about, love in the Bible and it lists all the things that it is. And it says it's patient, it's kind. Um, and all of those things, I need to look up the verse for you guys. But pastor Bill, he said like this one time he was like, everything listed after love. he's like, those things are your decisions. He's like, do you ever feel patient when you're at a traffic light? He's like, no. He's like, you have to choose and assign yourself an attitude of patience and you have to, to, to decide to have patience. Yeah. That's not something that just happens. You're just like, Oh, I just feel patient today.
1: Yeah. Uh, Pastor Rick Warren he puts it this way. Um, God isn't going to command you to do something that you cannot con- that you cannot do within your control. So love is something you control. It's not something that just happens randomly. Um, it's not it's not that feeling that just comes randomly involuntarily. It's something you c- you can do as a choice. God isn't going to command you to do something that you can't do, and He commands us to love.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um.
2: So to answer your question, yeah, I think it, like I'm kind of on the same page um, as Dalton with that. I think that when you're dating and you're trying to discern, I think that it's important to go ahead and weigh those things now and to be really honest with yourself. Yeah. If if it's not bringing enough to the table for you, if you even for a little bit feel like you're going to want to cut and run, don't feel bad that you feel that way. But go ahead and make a decision and maybe let that relationship go. Yeah. But there are some people that you'll find that you care so much about, even if they didn't do anything for you, you could lay your life down for them and be fine with that.
0: Yeah. And I, I also see it this way. Like, you know, you hear that that, phrase, that saying all the time, the man, the man should always, like, pay for meals. But this is the kind of heart that I want. I want to go into a restaurant. I want to get the check. I don't know, I'm, on a, I'm on a date <laughs> not just there by myself <laughs> I want to go to a restaurant and just order a ton of food people are David, like where are you going with this
2: David's confused why the server brings him the check he's the only one at uh-huh. the
0: table <laughs> yeah. so you go on a date yeah so I'm on a date the check comes and I want the girl to say do you want me to contribute and that to me whenever someone does that that tells me you were raised right like you were raised in a way that you have such a servant heart and I want it to always be a competition. You know, like I want to do stuff for her. She wants to do stuff for me. And like having that heart in that kind of a relationship, because I've, I've had some like that and it's, it's not, you're always expecting something. It's, it's, a, it's always like, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? And just that, that's the part that Jesus has.
2: You're trying to outdo I mean, one another in love
0: right and that's that's the heart that jesus has and that's why like it's so attractive because that's the heart that we're all called to have and you can see why it's so attractive because it's just i don't know it's the standard it's what should be
1: so uh something that just came to my mind um was proverbs 31 10 uh that's the Proverbs thirty one ten woman. Hey, uh, what's so up, my lady? She's got all these great characters and stuff. <laughs> Do you think, David, that we are that we should seek to find somebody that already has these characters or try and build them up to, to grow into those characteristics?
0: Already has what characters? <laughs> you said characters. Yeah, you I mean know. characteristics? I'm, yeah, characteristics. I talking about the ones that I described.
1: Uh, well, I think that you, what you described kind of goes into this Proverbs once in woman. I think this, this woman definitely would have offered, like in today's times. Yeah. For the check. Would
2: Are you going to read the us check. the verse?
1: Well, it's. Yeah, sure.
2: I mean, we all have it memorized. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, just... <laughs> just
1: by heart. <laughs> okay. I'll just go ahead and read, like, the last, the whole passage. I'll try and read it quick. Sounds so passive-aggressive about it. (laughs) I'll just go ahead and read the whole passage here. Real quick. (sighs) Okay. Starting at Proverbs (laughs) 3110. (laughs) Huh? An excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands, so she's a working woman. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household (laughs) and portions for her maidens. What? I didn't do anything.
2: (laughs) It was
0: her. I wasn't laughing.
2: I I laughed. Because he said bring food from afar. I'm like...
0: (laughs) There's no return policy. Does
2: it count if I bring it from David and Dalton's house?
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (coughs) Dying. All right.
2: Was that fake?
0: No, I was literally joking. (laughs) Continued on.
1: She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives. Remember when you were like,
0: "David, you're not funny. I don't find you <laughs> funny at all."
2: You're not funny. The fact that you choked is funny. Oh my goodness. Okay. Can you edit that so one? why don't you take it to your prayer closet?
1: Continued on. <laughs> She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the, dis- to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. Uh, I'm just going to stop there and let... If y'all haven't read this passage, just read it for yourselves. Yeah. Um, so you are asking me those traits. Should we... Should we seek to find somebody who already has those traits? Or should we try and help that woman grow into those traits? Why not both? Ooh. I think definitely both. Whitney?
2: Well... I mean, I, I think that, you know, guys being the leader, like you said, that that's a lot of responsibility. Um, but leading by example is huge. Mm-hmm. Not even just leading so that they will change, but just leading by example and being constant, and being consistent. Because the more that you plant, the more that, the more that you sow and water, it's not you that causes the growth, it's God. Yep. And so the more that you're walking the way that you're supposed to, the more that you're reading and you're in prayer, the way that you're supposed to, that's the more seed that's being planted. When you're encouraging toward her, that's the more watering that's being done. Um, but it's just staying faithful and, and, and not stepping outside of your position with God as leader of your house and like keeping on that cloak of humility as you lead her. That's yeah. going to encourage her to grow, but it's, you know, it's God that brings the growth.
1: Yeah. I think um, a lot of people, not just Christians, but mostly non-christians they have this view that christian women are called to just be like these meek just silent people in the household Mm -hmm. and this clearly states that that is not the case if
2: that's the case i'm out yeah they are they are called
1: to be strong and i mean the way that this woman is described in this passage she's holding up the house i mean she's she's planting she's like working her own fields you know, she's selling her, um, the, own, the clothes that she has sewn together. Um, but, like, yeah. I yeah. just think that this... Christian women are called to be strong.
0: Yeah. And it's not to be confused with a lot of what's being sold today about what women should be. Um, like, you can definitely tell tail tail you can definitely tell when a woman has herself as an idol and her look as an idol or has god that is the one thing that i could not discern between it took me forever to discern between that Mm -hmm. um but there's there's A certain strength and radiation of just wisdom and maturity that that comes with that is just i don't know i don't know how i ever missed it before (laughs) but you know seeing what the society like soaks upon everybody every day about women and you know what they should look like and how they should dress and what they should post or not post it it makes me sad because, you know, it causes a lot of men to fall away, first of all. And second of all, those women and their relationship, they're falling away. So, like, it's just so, it almost seems like it's a rarity today to find a woman, like, in that passage. And just looking for someone who doesn't idolize themselves yeah. is huge. And part of knowing that is that servant heart. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, how many times are you going to find a girl, the, the same girl who volunteers, I don't know, at a church on the, on the weekend, is that really the same girl that's idolizing herself? I mean, you can make an argument, yes, but for me, nine times out of ten, it's no. And I don't know. And you also, like, if you don't know about it from social media as well, they're if they're doing the work of god and you don't find out about it from social media that says a lot too um just that they don't want to broadcast that they don't want to i don't know yeah i think think it's it's a duty
1: i think the important part there that you mentioned is that they they're not broadcasting it yeah that you're learning about it like from the church and just from seeing how they interact with people and how people kind of hold them up yeah um
0: it's it's more of a it's a calling and it's a responsibility and it's less of a oh it makes me feel good yeah um yeah
1: or it's it's less of this is what I've just been told to do
0: yeah that's also a big thing too
1: cuz i think so many people just like go to church and they hear you should serve in the church and so they just go serve it's not out of love it's like they feel like that's the the right religious thing to do and religion, like, you don't want somebody who has a religion but doesn't have a relationship with God.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. You'll meet a lot of people that will put that, like, say you're on a dating app or something of that nature, and they'll put, you know, Christian and then, you know, maybe denomination and stuff like that. But the more that you talk to them, the more that you realize that God never really comes up. Yeah. and And stuff like that. But I think you can tell the difference between someone that has a relationship with God and someone that is just being religious because there's so much life about somebody that's walking by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's walking with God and, and it, you know, has an active prayer life. Like, there's so much life to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, people that are caught up in the religious thing, they're more concerned with what people aren't doing or where they should be at or what's not right than they are concerned with God's business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, someone that's close with God's not going to look at somebody and be like, oh, well, you're not doing this. You're not really that, you know, great of whatever. They're going to be on their face praying for that person. Yeah. And not say a word, and they're going to watch God work. You know what I'm saying? So you can see the fruit between somebody that's really walking with Jesus and somebody that's just showing up out of either habit or, quote-unquote, duty or religion or whatever.
1: Yeah. Did you have any more questions for us?
2: Guys, honestly, I think that, that kind of wraps it up. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna share one more thing, and then we're just gonna close out.
0: Well, I think that if you don't mind, I think we should all kind of well, well, I'll phrase it this way: like, what if we had to consolidate it down? Like, what are what is some advice for our listeners who are in that stage where you're talking about the talking stage? Like, how should they go about discerning and going forward in that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, actually, I have a friend. Um, I just want to give you guys this example because those things help me to be able to relate it to another person or someone I know. I have a friend that met someone on a dating site, and they've been going on dates, and this person has been really consistent toward her. And they are very kind and a gentleman and go to church and have even visited church with her. She isn't super sure. And her and I were talking about the other day and I said, that's okay. I was like, as long as you're not doing romantic things like holding hands, kissing, etc. And you both know that you're just taking this opportunity to get to know one another. You can think they're cute, but you're not saying you're ready for a romantic relationship with them in this process of getting to know them. So I think, and I've done this, you stress yourself out because you already assume that it has to be that. And it doesn't. Um, Just kind of get to know the person. Spend time with them, hang out with them, be their friend. And if something else more comes from it, then awesome. And if not, then it doesn't. But number one, don't talk yourself into a relationship just because it sounds good and you think that might be the only opportunity there is for you and that a better one won't come along. You know, it says let patience have its perfect work. So if it's really for you, you can be patient and it'll still be there for you. You know what I'm saying? Like If it, quote unquote, is a missed opportunity, then it probably wasn't really for you. And you're not really missing much at all. Like, I'm not saying make the person wait like 10 years. You know what I'm saying? But there can be a definitive period of time that you're like, you know what? I just want to take this opportunity and just exercise some patience and get to know somebody. Yeah. So, um, and I think that's an area that all of us in this room and probably a lot of you guys have maybe not tried. When pursuing a relationship with somebody or you're in that talking period is practicing patience before you just kind of jump into it or add romantic stuff maybe you haven't added the title but maybe you're kissing the person or holding hands and acting like you're in a relationship but you're really not sure that you want to be in a relationship with that person and it's kind of leading them on mm-hmm. but since you said you don't know you think that you therefore deem the responsibility and it's really not you know you were honest you're like oh well I said I didn't know but you're giving them all of the benefits that a relationship should have yeah that's not okay either Hmm. so what about you guys
1: i am i think you kind of hit the nail on the head with david's question and i don't really feel like i have much to add to that um but i do have something to say to the people that want to be talking to somebody that want to be finding somebody that they can pursue a relationship with um david and i and whitney as well we've all said this probably a hundred times on this podcast um seek first the kingdom don't seek a relationship like seek to grow in god rather than seeking to find somebody to love um but i'm going to reiterate it one more time from god's word uh if you read chapter 7 of first corinthians paul is pretty much saying all of that um, he's what he's saying. He's not just talking about relationships, but he's, he's talking about in everything with life. When you are called to God, when you're called to be a Christian, if you're, if you're already married, that's great. Stay married. But if you're not married, stay single is what he's saying. He's saying it's not a sin to go and get married, but he's saying it's better to stay single. Um, uh, verse 27, are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. And that goes hand in hand with women for husbands too. Um, but if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you of that. That is, this is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. Um, so he's talking about, He's not saying just pretend you don't have a wife. He's saying, seek to pursue the Lord. Um, Actually, David cut out where I started reading uh, that verse. Um, Verse 27. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who who do marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you of that. Um, When you are in a relationship with somebody, or you're married with somebody, you're worried about what makes them happy, what pleases them. You're worried about their growth with God. And that takes away from your own growth. Now, it can definitely help you grow in some areas, but it takes away from your overall growth and your devotion to God. It divides your devotion, um, which is not a sin, but... Paul just advises us not to deal with that. He advises us to stay single. Um, And honestly, that's kind of where I'm at in life right now. Is like, I'm just going to keep seeking God, pursuing Him, devoting myself to Him. And I'm not going to worry about a relationship anymore. Because I feel like I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting God's time. And I'm not being a good steward. I'm going to keep on growing. I'm going to keep pursuing God. And if God has that for me, that's great. Like, if he presents uh, a wifeable woman, (laughs) then, like, I'll probably take the opportunity and I won't object to it because all good things come from God. All perfect gifts and good gifts come from God. We know that from James. Um, But If he doesn't, then I'm not going to be anxious about it because I am content with the Lord. And I think anybody else who is just stressing themselves out over, am I going to get married? I think you're just, you're wasting your time.
2: Yeah. Um, I think Pastor Bill, he had shared this probably a couple months ago now at this point, but he said, what you worry about the most is where you trust God the least. And man, that convicted me really hard. I was like, ooh. I was like, okay, all right. I was like, I got you, Lord.
1: And I actually wrote something similar to that in my journal last night. I I asked myself, do I trust God to give me a life? And I said, no, I don't.
2: I mean, hey, that's honest. And God can't bless where you pretend to be. Yeah. But the more that you're honest about that, the more that he can really work on the things that need to be worked on in you. Yeah. But also, I've asked myself pretty much that same question and – I'm like, yeah, I trust God to give me a Christ-centered marriage and to, to give me a godly spouse. But my question was more of do you trust his timing?
0: Mm.
2: And that's when I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I know the right answer. but yeah.
1: well, For me, it was a revelation that I'm still idolizing relationships. Well, for me, it's still, it was a revelation for me that it, it's, I'm still idolizing relationships. I'm putting that before God when I sit there and worry about it all the time or think about it all the time, not even just worrying.
2: Something that's helped me too is if I um, see somebody that potentially I'm like, oh, like, I wonder, you know, if this could be anything. Instead of starting to think that way, I've been like, you know what, Lord? I just, I thank you for them, and I thank you that you're meeting them where they're at. I thank you that they have ears to hear and eyes to see and a heart that understands. And whatever needs they have, I thank you that they're already met in Jesus' name, and I just thank you that you're blessing this person, and you're helping them grow, and they're going to prosper. And, like, I start praying stuff like that. For them that I would any other individual, mm-hmm. and that takes the romanticized view off of it, and, and helps me really to put his heart on it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so then at that point I'm not really looking at them in that way. I'm like, man, God, I just I want to see what you're gonna do in their life. Yeah. Like I find myself be praying for people at the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like store. I know te- I ain't looking everywhere. That's not what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, are you telling me that uh, at the gym you're looking at who is a a husbandable? man that's not no just cut that out david huh? <laughs> no i was gonna try and provoke you a little bit but
2: But just changing your thinking pattern is what i'm i'm trying to get at yeah and how you view someone and i think changing that view over to like how god sees them and praying for them really helps take that pressure off of you
1: yeah absolutely i completely agree and i've had that same conviction
0: I think being just being patient you know it, and like we've said a jillion times and just also do you know how fast things can happen in your life that you don't expect like think about every relation like what? what like what did you guys expect this podcast to happen ever oh no yeah no. You know how fast that happened we talked about it and then we were on the air like what a week later every relation every girl that i've ever like found like that i've Gotten a relationship with, it's like, wow, that happened fast, and whether it, it was the right thing or not, obviously not, but like, God is gonna, God's timing is perfect, and like, you're gonna be in awe and what at what He does when He does it, and, <laughs> 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 um, you you just have to. You just have to wait for his timing and it's tough it sucks it's not fun but once it happens like you'll be so glad you did
2: yeah yeah so all right guys well it's been an awesome episode hanging out with everybody i hope that this benefited you guys in some way form or fashion if you could give us feedback check us out on apple podcasts and we're also doing some devotionals um, for you guys so make sure to check those out If you have any topic ideas, please DM our Instagram page at Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I know it's like underscore FWB underscore.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one comment about the Apple podcast. Guys, if you leave a review, you don't even have to write anything. You can just leave it like a five star or four star, whatever you think is.
2: Preferably five star. Preferably
1: five. You can just leave a review like that and it'll actually get us more exposure so that more people can listen to the show. Yeah. Um, not only that share this show with your friends that yeah. you think uh, would enjoy it
0: and definitely guys check out these po- these um, podcasts definitely guys check out these videos that are, that are going up on YouTube I'm going to clip a lot from this episode and um, from the judgment episode and the insecurity episode just uh, be looking out for those um, I'll have my devotional posted this week
2: can't Wh- wait to hear his
0: Whitney's was last week Dalton uh, he's going to be coming out with a part two uh, pretty soon so Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Dinner is served.
1: Put down that milk, it's dinner time. Dinner time. Uh, also, guys, just before we head out, I uh, just wanted to let you know that we're going to be taking a couple weeks off of a recording so that we can uh, plan for our next topics. Um, we're trying to be a little bit more professional about the way that we go about this. So uh, we're going to take a short break get our thoughts together, get our plans together for the podcast, and then we will start recording again in a couple weeks. Thanks so much for uh, your support.